This is a Morley Radio podcast. Hello, welcome to the London Hat Week podcast series. This is episode two of series two, an interview with Marina South on Morley Radio. I'm Becky Weaver, co-founder of London Hat Week and editor-in-chief of Hat Talk e-magazine. And I'm joined here with my co-founder of London Hat Week, Georgina Abbott, who is also the owner of Atelier Millinery, a headwear business based in London. So we just want to again say thank you to Morley for producing and making this possible at Morley Radio. And um, just to say again, due to the pandemic, we're not in the studio. We are recording this remotely. So please be patient um, with any sound glitches. We're doing our best from where we are. For this episode, we are delighted to be joined by Marina South, creative director and founder of two organizations, Then and Now Studio and We Are Formless. Maria is also a consultant in sustainability, and that is a hat she's wearing today for our interview. We were introduced to Marina by Kirsten Scott from Fashion at Instituto Marangoni in London and previously head of fashion at Kensington and Chelsea College, which is now merged with Morley College, who produced this podcast. What a small world. Marina has earned her stripes in fashion, working with the likes of Bella Freud and Suzanne Deacon. During this time, she developed a passion and knowledge in conscious design, which she now shares with other brands who want to make a positive change in their business. Marina will be able to give us a much better explanation of how she does this. So let's start by saying welcome, Marina. Hi, thank you so much for, for yeah. this moment. Yeah, really, really great to be with you both. Yeah, it's, it's great to be with you too, um, from a distance. And um, we're just going to start start right out. I mean, sustainability, huge topic, um, definitely a buzzword in recent times. Um, I think it can mean different things to different people. So it would be really good to know, look at the term, you know, and, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what a what a word. It's like loaded in in so many ways and it can kind of scare us and it can make us feel like we're just doing all of these things wrong and how do we even begin to sort of make an impact and I think that that's one of the biggest things of sustainability and any form of kind of, you know, eco option is just kind of start starting with what you have. Like so for me, I've been in the fashion industry now for over a decade. Um, and, you know, I hear many brands saying they're, you know, fully sustainable. And I know personally, like, that's not even something that exists. It just, it's mm -hmm. just not possible to be fully sustainable. And really where we're at is, is trying to integrate sustainable, excuse me, integrate sustainable development into our lives and into our businesses. And I think that when we take that that stance of development and everyone in a creative business knows what development is. It's a process of, of learning and growing and, you know, really getting to a point where you feel like you have a product that you're proud of and sustainability is, is, is no different. And I think that when we embark on it in that way, then we start to kind of know and feel into that notion of like authentic sustainability. Um, for me personally, like I've, you know, I do kind of product development and I do the kind of art direction sort of side. And I know that when you work on a product that is more sustainable, on average, it takes four times the amount of time. So a huge wow. part of, um, yeah, it's, it, and it really does, like it takes so much longer. So a huge part of the sustainable process is just coming back to that place of understanding that, understanding that it is slower 
and that it's you know we have to we have to take our time with this and instead of kind of feeling like we have to like go out into the world and say we're fully sustainable and all of these kind of things mm. that just are not possible mm. that we mm. just start in a really kind of calm pragmatic way we look at what we have already within our business and how we can kind of like maximize that and I think if we keep returning to that place but we return to sort of like the the heart of sustainability so to speak you know it's it's not a machine it's it's natural and organic in its essence so I think there's a there's a holistic side of it that for me is really where kind of where we need to start like we we really need to sort of realize our nature this like this interconnection with everything like we're not separate from the home that sort of provides us all of these things that we you know that that we live from um, and I think once we begin to sort of act from that place we can't help but do it with integrity and and just really establish a more kind of ethical practice like it can't be done for personal gain and growth mm. and marketing opportunity it, mm. it sort of completely it completely like defeats the point in what it's really all about um, and I think yeah it it enables us when we come back to that place to really start to cultivate this, this, yeah, this like natural growth into sustainable development. Mm. Um, and it has to be a step-by-step approach. It has to be one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, and, and just really integrate in like a new practice, a new method. And by new, it might already just be something that is already there. Like that's the mm-hmm. most sustainable thing is the thing that's just right in front of mm-hmm. you. Um, it doesn't always have to be super complicated, but you know, there's money to be made from making it sound super complicated. <laughs> um, and maybe I'm not savvy enough in, in sharing this from a consultancy point of view, but the holistic sort of aspect is really that kind of like, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no being separate from the natural world. Mm. You know, like often we say re- reconnect yeah. with nature, but I mean, like, that's our true home. We are nature. <laughs> and so I think yeah. that in a way it's just almost revisiting the most kind of simple but seeing that it's not simple it's what sustains us and we just have to sort of try and bring more harmony into into how we move forward with life work practice so yeah that's kind of like my my notion of it is um a less is a less complicated um version of sustainability Mm. it's interesting what you say about authenticity because I think there is a bit of suspicion that it's the latest Way to market your business or make your your business Mm. stand out a bit more. So, and and when you're saying that you know it could take up to four times as long in product development, Mm. some people would think, oh dear, Um, you know that's that's a bit of a worry. So, what could you give us an example of what kind of things um, take longer? What 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 is actually taking the time? So, you know, for example, like one of the things that I've been looking a lot into recently is like natural dyes. So like plant based dyes or, you know, things that are, all, mm. you know, an alternative to kind of like these chemical processes. But, you know, it's just like when you're trying to do that on a more commercial level and you're not just kind of having a big bucket of like beetroot and, you mm. know, dye in your cloth, which, by the way, we can do that yeah. <laughs> we, we can yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll be smaller quantity but we actually can do that stuff and make business out of it um it's just how we view business but really when we do that on a kind of you know if we're trying to integrate that stuff into our supply chains it's so much more research and um 
so much more uh, kind of testing than what we're used to because we're used to, you know, you send your color reference off, you get your lab dip back, you approve it and off you go with natural that you just, you don't get any of the same guarantees with like natural right. processes. Um, yeah. and so you really have to allow for that time and that kind of research um, to really go, you know what, I've got a natural product here, as natural as it can be. Mm. I've tested it. I'm happy to bring it to, to market. And this is why, like, if on average, things are taking three to four times as long, right. how about we, within a collection, look at integrating one of those practices in in a season mm. and then you know if it's not quite ready for launch we can just delay that one maybe mm. until that's ready and then when it's ready and it's tested and you've tested it within your business and it's working then you can begin to think about the next kind of ethical sustainable low impact option and they become then like established. So you then don't need to think about them so much. You don't need to push everyone in the supply chain so much. It just becomes a more kind of established practice that's like your mm. new normal way of dyeing or printing or sewing or whatever it is. So that, yeah. that's reassuring because yeah. that makes you think, well, okay, we're not going to have to, we're not committing to do this all in one go. We have people can Absolutely. Start, start to increase their knowledge and perhaps, introduce it stage by stage and, and like you said it becomes it becomes part of their normal so they can build on that and, and gradually increase exactly exactly mm. yeah and I, I think many many of the milliners who follow London Hat Week actually do run micro businesses and actually I think millinery in, in many ways in the processes of making bespoke hats it's mm. it's really lends itself to sustainability and I think a lot of people are trying really hard and thinking of those things and the fact that they're not mass producing obviously there's a whole side of hats which is mass produced but when you're just making one piece and often doing your own dyeing and you know that kind of thing you can definitely think about um but I I think one one thing that a lot of I've heard a lot of milliners worrying about is ethical sourcing because yeah. you know what happens in your own workshop and you know what you're doing but you really don't know yeah. where things are coming from before that. So do you have any advice on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, ethical sourcing is such a, a such a huge one because obviously like you can get all the certified, you know, certifications that come along with a fabric or come along with a dye or come along with a print house or a dye house. And that's great. And, you know, there's many certifications and there's kind of more established certifications that we all know of or that we're all beginning to know of. But there's also if we just rest on like the laurels of a certification in a way, what we're doing is kind of, is kind of almost perpetuate perpetuating the rest that we've, we've previously been kind of like doing within our creative practice. So just accepting something mm -hmm. for what, you know, for what we're told and actually what we realize and what we're beginning to realize as creatives is, is like, you know, we're not just creatives. We need to be the researcher. Yeah. We need to almost be the detective ourselves. And, you know, now there's so much more capacity to communicate with people like that are in kind of supply chains and that are in, you know, the sort of chain within that one fabric, like prior, you know, to these days, it was like you had the one agent and everything was kind of like channeled through them. Whereas now there's emails and there's phone number and everyone's got their kind of like contact information available. And so what I would just really say is, again, obviously, if you're trying to kind of swap out 10 fabrics for 10 sustainable fabrics, you're going to have probably a little bit of a, a harder time. But if you have like 
like I say, a core fabric within your range, like, you know, from, from the kind of hats, for example, there's probably something that's kind of core within your business yeah. and industry, yeah. whether it's the lining, whether it's, you know, the kind of like kind of more structural elements. And if you begin to almost like take that one thing and, and sort of start to delve deeply into that, because obviously if it's certified, great, but you know, what about where it's grown, how it's grown? What about the people that are growing it? Like I always use the avocado as an example because, you know, we were trying to sort of, as you know, the whole world was trying to kind of really eat less meat, for example, and find all of these sort of alternatives. And the avocado is really great because it's like fatty and heavy and dense and you will actually feel full. But it's one of the most unsustainable fruits to grow because of the amount of like water it uses. And, you know, when we all go to one mm-hmm. thing, then again, we're just putting loads of pressure on it. And so I think there's that kind of level of like, you know, biodiversity, we call it, but mm. ensuring that we're, yeah, seeking kind of, you know, things that maybe are less used or underused mm. and mm. how we can reuse. And I think, um, you know, when we do ethical sourcing, we have to just get creative again, like get really like creative um, and explore and test and trial. And I think consumers are way more open to these kind of like, um yeah like different ways of 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 engaging with kind of creative yeah. product now it, it doesn't have to be you know it, what you know what you guys do is the perfect example it's almost like the perfect kind of product to sort of really delve into that because you're not necessarily thinking that thinking of it on such a mass scale even though mm. of course you said there are companies that do it on yeah. mass but a lot of the industry mm. is this really crafted you know hands-on sort of product yeah. so um mm. it's a really exciting one to be able to kind of explore explore that more but yeah ethical sourcing is it's a really um it can be yeah it can be quite frightening to sort of delve into that because you just mm. don't know where you're gonna land but it's almost like kind of re-imagining how we look at it and almost like it's like Mm. an exciting adventure rather than something that's really daunting yeah that's super helpful yeah I think and Becky raised a really good point about bespoke because it it does lend itself beautifully to to this whole question because we're as makers of individual items or artisans or however you want to uh, call it couture you're always looking for something that makes you stand out and looking for something different. So it's a constant quest for new materials, something different, something that you can produce or that you can dye or you can embellish in a way that's different to everybody else. So there's that constant searching and researching anyway. So, and and in most cases, people are looking for something that they know where it's come from Mm. and they, you know, they can be absolutely certain that nobody else Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of creativity. Exactly. It's not going to appear on everything in, you know, accessorize or or some other kind of um, chain store. So it it's perfect from that respect. People are sort of now bringing it more into the other things because you know there's so many items that you use in in the production of even one item that. Um, don't they don't come into the limelight so and Becky you you know or things like the stiffeners and yeah. other yeah um equipment and things that we use in in millinery and you kind of almost forget about it because it's yeah. not it's not the headline event you know yeah <laughs> but yeah no that exactly. all needs attention 
It's kind of looking at the whole working space, I suppose, and your all of your working mm. practices. And I mean, the other thing that I do think is amazing about millinery for a long time is that there's a huge reuse, um, recycle kind of feel oh, to yeah. it, you know, refurbishing a hat, Definitely. taking one mm. piece and making it to another. And also, I've never met a milliner who has thrown anything away ever. I mean, oh, I no. think studios are just full of, you know, there always is going to be a time when that little bit of tiny, tiny piece of ribbon is going to be useful, which I think is an amazing practice. But but you're right, it's more than just the trimmings. It's more than just the materials. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that is something mm. that needs to be looked at. So I guess, Marina, you, you're working with also very much larger organizations as well, which is, is a whole different way of, of thinking, but also there's some common threads. Um, what, what kind of organizations are you mainly working with at the moment? I mean, I work with, you know, a cross-section of, of like startups to more established brands, like high-end. I'm not really working with any... Um, kind of like large high street brands, although it isn't that I would be opposed to um, as long as uh, what I was doing was, you know, kind of being able to integrate what I believe in, like authentically. It's just, um, it's a difficult, it's a difficult market to consult in because currently um, the strategy is is still the same so like even though you know they want to kind of like introduce organic cotton or you know whatever it is or sustainable ranges um the kind of time frames and mm. timelines um the amount of products produced the margins like everything still has that same agenda and for me it's just not possible at the moment at least yeah. to to have like to have your cake and eat mm. it it's just yeah. like there has to be there has to be um leniency when you're kind of trying to uh introduce more ethical product but yeah like I'm working on uh, a startup accessory brand I'm working I've done like children's wear consultancy which was something completely new to me and that was very much where we really had like a consensus on it was really mainly about like the fabric and the dyes because obviously like you've come into this whole other world of like product on skin and like such a, a new kind of like entity in the world. And that was such a learning curve in terms of uh, like dye methods, print methods, all of those things that had to be so good for the body. And then if it's good for the body, it's generally good for the planet. <laughs> and so that was kind of, um, and then, yeah, like working um, also kind of not just on the uh, like production consultancy, but that that real uh, more sort of art direction and kind of communication um, with your audience. Mm. Like, how do we do that? Because a lot of people sort of say, we need to educate the audience, we need to educate the consumer. And I always feel a little bit uncomfortable about that because I just feel like, hang on a second, like we can't just, you know, expect the, the consumer to sort of like have to do all the research and knowledge finding. And like at the end of the day, if, if you're producing something, I feel like it's our responsibility to be, you know, giving kind of ethical green options um, to people that are engaging with, you know, what it is that what it is that we put to market. And so how do we do that? How do we not just create kind of like, 
these campaigns that talk about sustainable ranges and talk about, you know, how do we do it with integrity? How do we like follow through from kind of the conception, the production and through? Because, you know, there's there's a huge part of looking at the sustainability of marketing. Like really, you know, like we're in information overload time and like mm. we know that that's having an impact on the minds mm. as well of like... Yeah the masses and like there is there is like just kind of almost too much at the moment too much of everything and that's like the opposite of sustainable not only in like a tangible physical aspect but also a mental aspect and they're all really really linked and so I always just say like less is more like we need to be just like calmer and more considered in how much information we're constantly giving the consumer like we need to educate them we need to educate them but I think like we all remember our education. It was those, you know, it was the it was the kind of calmer environment where we learned the most. You know, it was it was like just less of everything, less noise, less less of everything. And I I feel like in a way we need to go back to that simplicity and and that purity. And that's a lot of what I do with different clients is is kind of like that more holistic sort of aspect. Thanks. Uh, that was a really helpful answer about just who you're working with now. And, and just like what comes through, I think, in everything you're saying is just this like passion that you believe it, um, the integrity, you know, all of these things, you really mean what you say. You're, it's not a, just a marketing tool. Um, and that's really amazing because it does start to feel like that sometimes, like you're saying, you see it on every high street brand and you it kind of is losing its meaning a lot. So it's really good to know there's people behind the scenes who are, are really meaning what they're saying. And um, I'm just wondering like, you know, we all want the best for the planet, all these things, but like, where did you, went? what sparked this, like, want to see actual change and want to do something for you? Oh, I mean, really, if I'm honest, like, there's like, a little bit of like a, you know, that thing in life where you start one way and then you kind of leave it and then you almost mm-hmm. sort of come back to it. I don't know if it's just part of getting older or whatever it is, but... <laughs> Like I grew up in like a really working class family in like rural Wales. Like we didn't have any spare money, but we did have a roof over our heads and we had food. Um, but we literally like we didn't have heating, we didn't have um, double glazing. We honestly like had like black and white TV. It was almost like living in like the fifties or something. <laughs> And so kind of using everything we had was just normal. <laughs> that wasn't, it wasn't like a considered thing. It was just like you just had to use everything you had and you had to use it a lot. And so like, you know, my clothes like were always my sister's hand-me-downs and our playtime when it was raining was, you know, dressing up in my mom's clothes. And like my mom always like, you know, was really creative, not even through kind of like choice, just necessity. And I think that's a huge part of like sustainability as creatives is like creating from that like place of necessity. And I think we've been spoiled and we've been like living in this like luxury and this kind of like ignorant state of like, well, we can create because we want to create and I can create because I want more money and I want a bigger house and I want a bigger car and all the things that are going to bring me happiness, except they don't bring me happiness <laughs> and I think that when you kind of like get your hands in the mud and sort of like whether it is that you literally die in your own fabric but you have that real connection to what it is you're creatively producing by default it ends up being like lower impact and you sort of start to realize like I, I have a choice in how I navigate my way through this industry and through these businesses um 
And I think that was a huge lesson for me was kind of like leaving that world. Like, you know, I sort of like stepped into London at the age of like 15 and was just like totally kind of like, this is where I want to be and this is where I need to be. For many reasons, like home was difficult, you know, like being poor, like wasn't like, that wasn't like a fun thing always, except at times it was because like, I guess we were doing things just more wildly and creatively and, and, and freer because we didn't, you know, when you don't have anything to sort of really lose, you just kind of, you know, you're not so scared of everything in life. And I think once you start creating business and profit and growth and, you know, all of these things, you, you almost start to sort of like trap yourself a little bit um, and be terrified of these things that you might lose, although we don't really own them anyway. And I think where we're at now is this sort of like transitional time in history where the structures are sort of starting to fall away you know, this kind of like conditioned sort of way in which things have to be done. We're sort of thinking, well, they're not really working for us and they're not really working for the planet. So it's almost like wiping the slate clean a little bit and enabling us to kind of go back to that creative way. And for me, yeah, it was almost like a bit of a circular, like, you know, I've gone through that cycle and I've come back to almost where I started and in a way like striving for the things that I had when we had no money. And it's sort of like ironic because mm. I got the job and the head of design and I earned the figure that, you know, I thought and I had, all you know, all of that stuff that I thought was what was success. And I was just like feeling quite empty. Um, mm. And it sparked a lot. Like I, you know, at that point, suffered with depression and it was just a real like I really just sort of didn't know kind of what I was doing anymore creatively and mm. I really also knew I had that like sort of part of me that wanted to give back and you know use my creativity for mm. like good like to make a difference yeah. and um but I just I actually if I'm honest didn't think I had the capacity to do that like how's how's little old me you know from nothing gonna do anything like the systems are as they are they don't work for the working class they only work for the and I you know mm. I've got this like I'd sort of really kind of like got stuck in that narrative and then I sort of yeah through lots of like self-work and um you know all different journeys kind of came to a place where I guess I sort of started to think oh no hang on like I'm no different to anyone mm. um you know what what tools do I have like I've got my hands I've got my ideas I know what I know and actually I can make a difference and mm. I started to sort of think well if I can believe that and then if I can make you believe that and you can go on to make someone mm. else believe that we might not receive the same accolades like I might not get like awards and I might not get six figure sums or I might not get but you get like a, a different kind of yeah. like return um yeah. and yeah and, and I think that's been a, a huge a huge journey for me and sort of like now I'm sort of stepping into that kind of like power and you know power is such a like loaded mm. word but just that individual power to go oh I can make a difference and then mm. when we start to sort of have these conversations we're thinking oh well actually it's me but it's a collective and then that's when we make a big difference. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of it. And then there were a few other things. Um, I lost one of my pets and I went on a big journey of like figuring out sort of products that were tested on animals. And I was just like really, really shocked. And it, it's honestly like opening Pandora's box. You know, mm. once you sort of realize one thing, it's just like, oh, my God. Mm. And um, 
Yeah, so many different kind of personal things mm. that I was able to reflect on and then kind of almost go, right, now I want to take action. Mm. I want to incorporate it into my work. I've really begun incorporating it into my personal life, but I want to sort of just incorporate it into almost everything I'm yeah. doing. And, and yeah, that's it. That's mm. it. But that that comes through so much because it's it's come from really deep within you that that you want to do something about this and yeah. like you say it's so it's such a huge topic and so wide ranging I mean how do you where do you start when you when you um, yeah. go to talk to a new brand or a new client you haven't uh, worked with before how how do you get them yeah. started yeah yeah because you know clients have you know all different kind of like pre sort of set agendas and um so in a way it's almost like uh kind of breaking those down a little bit um because it's like either I want right. to have a certain percentage of my range organic or sustainable mm. or I want to connect with the consumer in this way and mm. I think really like kind of what I've sort of been saying it's like going back to basics mm-hmm. it's like stripping it all back stripping all the noise and all mm. the jargon and all that kind of like you know marketing sort of like mm. talk that we've all got embedded in our heads mm. and just sort of going back to that why am I doing this right. like why did why did I start what was it that mm. I wanted to achieve and and how can I how can I begin to do that in a way that is just more sound, that is still sustaining your life? Like I'm not disillusioned for a second in the reality of, you know, we all have to be stable and sufficient and have homes and all of all mm-hmm. of these things. But yeah, instead of instead of just kind of focusing on one isolated pocket within your business, it's more kind of go back to that beginning yeah that beginning kind of concept that you had see then where you're at now what isn't working for you maybe what has just become really ingrained in your business but kind of isn't really working within within that offering anymore you know so many things end up just staying just because just because we have we're not giving ourselves the time to sort Mm -hmm. of edit or Mm. you know review and I think that's a huge part of like what when I when I started in fashion, what we used to do a lot more of was was like review, like an edit, and we used to really take time to do that. And then that time just went, it just disappeared, and it was just like get it in, get it in, get it in. <laughs> and yeah, like having that time to sort of sit back and go, oh god, like do you remember we did this and we loved that? Where did it go? And how have we ended up mm. with this? And mm. there's a big part of it that just yeah, I, I always sort of bring that you know a client back to their their journey you know the beginning yeah. of, of 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 their kind of like brand or concept and it's kind of like a, a sort of magical moment because you sort of see that yeah you see that person return back to that place and and then it almost becomes obvious like what doesn't really need to be within your business anymore mm. what you've just been doing for just doing it and then you sort of see where the noise is and where you can start to sort yeah. of you know refine and slow down and edit mm. Hmm. It almost feels like a like a mindfulness, you know, like a, a mindful approach to business, which is yeah. really it's like I feel like we're trying that, like you're saying, in life we're realizing we need that because it is overload, but that needs to carry through. And it's just like exactly. that focus and that quiet. Yeah. And um, you know, I think like at least I know for me and the businesses that we run and um, you know, this last year you know, has had all kinds of horrible challenges and, you know, mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't 
want to go through it again. But at the same time, there's been that kind of there was a stopping and there was a, you know, things that you didn't think could change on a Mm -hmm. global level did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's made, I think it's like the time is now when you're looking at your business, it's like things that didn't seem like, well, that has to be done that way. Well, nothing really has to be done any certain way. Like we can be open and we can be flexible Mm -hmm. and things can change and they might change whether we want them to or not. So it's good to be proactive about that. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's really good timing for everyone to be kind of taking the time to think Mm -hmm. about these things. And, um, do you, do you know of any, I mean, in, in the ones you've worked with, do you have like a case study of, of something that you've seen work really well, you know, like in a, in a practical way, or are there organizations you've seen maybe that you haven't worked with that you think have, are getting it right? Like, you know, good examples of that. I think one of the key things that I have seen, like some, some, some organizations have been resistant to it, but others haven't, is actually reviewing the schedule and, and, and kind of like the launch dates and even like on calendar events, you know, like um, some of them just, they just weren't realistic. And there was so much kind of like frenzy and over kind of sampling and production and you know all of all of these like very hasty decisions made to um to reach that you know kind of point whether it was a sales date or whether it was you Mm. know a buyer demanding that that meeting stay in the diary or whether it's a show you know whatever there are so many different kind of um deadlines we have to meet Mm. within you know creative (laughs) business and I think that seeing certain clients that I've worked with and I guess it is that kind of mindfulness like it's it's and you know it's a big part of what I do in you know in my personal mm. kind of almost like healing journey and as you know transferred over into work you know seeing that kind of uh, my life and work are not separate it's just this like one way of, of living but seeing clients that I never thought they would say I'm not going to do that trade show mm. and you know what's really powerful about that is like what it only takes one or two people to sort of go it's just not working like it's just it's just too stressful like Mm. it's hurting my chest and it's Mm. it's keeping me awake at night and you know we all have those frenzies and flurries of like moments where we stay up and we're hands going and there is excitement and buzz in that but when there's just too many of those you've got to ask yourself like something needs to something needs to shift and you know just like you said like as people, as we begin to sort of make active changes, it puts pressure on established kind of more, mm. you know, I don't know, like conglomerate businesses, you know, the people that are creating the most impact, it puts the pressure on them to change. And it's no different mm. to established, you know, dates in the diary that just aren't mm. working for the industry. But everyone's like rushing around yeah. like a, a mad person to try and get and it it's not about them disappearing. It's not about them even necessarily changing date. There just tends to be a, a slightly more leniency. Like I had one client and um, she carried on doing, you know, trade shows and everything. But instead of turning up feeling like she had a, had to have a full sample set and every single correct color, she was like, no, no, I'm just going to turn up with a sample set in the kind of um, natural undyed color. And I'll show, you know, the, the colors that are going to be available but explain this is, you know, we're doing it in this new kind of natural dye. So it's, it's taking longer. And 
clients and you know buyers and everything were really actually responsive and they were like oh mm. okay cool like I can see the piece it's obviously like not in the final color but here are the colors like we've all got you know an imagination and experience <laughs> within the industry to be able to sort of see mm. what it would look like and and I think those are those they feel like micro shifts but you know they are mm. they are big shifts and they're really important yeah. because it just mm. it brings that level of like humanity back yeah. into the process yeah. like we're just yeah. human beings and we're all yeah. just trying to sort of mm. cultivate you know like a life that enables us to eat and you know whatever and and yeah just like it brings more understanding from person to person so mm. I'm really sorry this isn't ready yet but this is what we've got and then you find mm. people respond back to you in that same way and then we start to kind of see those shifts mm. Yeah, that's really. I think we can all relate to that. I mean, we we certainly had conversations like that, haven't we, in the last last definitely uh, few in the last. And every, I'm sure yeah. anybody with their own business or any um, any walk of life at all, you can relate to that. You kind of feel like you're you just got to do it just because you said you would, and <laughs> because you've always done it. So yeah, great time to reflect and give yourself some permission. And it's exciting that it's sustainable. It's also sustainable for you because I feel like oh, instead yes. of that coming in as a pressure, like you've got to sort this out or else you're you're ruining everything in the environment. Yeah. It's like, actually, no, it's also sustainable for you and it's good for everyone then. Mm. And so it's something that's yeah beneficial and you want to do, um, even if it does take a bit more time and even if you do have to look at the profit margins differently. But mm, yeah. um, it's worth it for the quality of life as well as yeah. just, you know, the exterior things that mm. that is good um so you you also have then and now and we are formless um yes tell us about those well then and now studio was kind of just organically born when I like left that world of like fashion and sort of like jumped into the unknown and it was like okay I've got you know the kind of learned skills of just being in fashion as a designer and a manager and all of that kind of stuff so I was like okay well then I transfer that into freelance work and then it was just like a place that sort of naturally growed in you know into that kind of more holistic uh, mindful approach to how you kind of cultivate a healthy business and that's what then and now was really established as but has kind of almost been starting to journey a little bit more into like our own creative narrative um I wouldn't say products because we don't have a range of products but just as a business going oh I have an idea and I'm just gonna try it you know I'm just mm -hmm. gonna try it and not with no agenda because you know we all, like I said, have to live. But with that kind of idea that like, okay, I don't need to come up with a product and then come up with loads of products at the same time and suddenly be like, we're <laughs> launching a collection. I can just make a decision as a creative to say, this is something that I believe in and I'm going to create and allow that into the world, give it its time to sort of breathe and sort of see how people engage before then it kind of, you know, organically takes me to that next creative like manifestation whatever mm -hmm. that is and so then and now is a really beautiful journey in that sense and in a way it sort of harbors much of what I believe about in sustainability but more of a sort of artistic mindful nature kind of approach that idea that you know when you come back to that place of kind of like 
less and stillness and, and nature. You know, we talk so often about, you know, like I mentioned before, about connecting with nature, but, you know, we are nature, like this is our only home, mm. is is it's all natural. So it's it's just, yeah, kind of almost just growing from that place and really using like a lot of art references and kind of we're going to be integrating more of our own art into it as well because art, you know, as we know, has the capacity to really kind of propel provoke unify you know you, you you can see it during this time like it's such a historical moment and that's often when the creativity in the arts really rise from that like necessity to sort of yeah like express the feeling of the people and what's happening on the planet and I think you know art just art just does that in like an instance and I think mm. you know then and now is really growing in that sort of our soul uh, mindfulness but still has the practical um, kind of capacity to consult how you can realistically integrate these you know methods and principles within your business and then we are formless was born from you know a place of it's it's a company so it's like a, a social enterprise so it's a CIC company and um, it was I'd always just like wanted to really like just find a way that I can do some actual like tangible like good and you know like apart from going and just setting up my own charity tomorrow it's that thing of like what have I got what skills have I got that enable me to make a difference and mm. it's my creativity it was just coming back to that place of like okay how can then I use my creativity to sort of like shine a light on causes or or charities like local charities that are trying to make a difference and um you know because to set up a charity you need like a, a huge amount of like infrastructure and uh you know and I, I didn't have that it's not that I never will but at that point I, I didn't and so it was like okay how can I how can I use my creative skills for good? And so what we do is we kind of create campaigns and we do a lot of like wellness and creativity events and all of them are sort of like raise money and raise awareness for like local projects, local causes and um, local kind of like on the ground charities. And we give like a huge percentage of everything we make to those directly. Um, so I had like an amazing conversation with a guy today who has a platform called Bees and Refugees and he's a Syrian refugee and he came here I think in 2013 and obviously has had his journey. Funnily enough, he's from fashion, but his journey is such a compelling one and now he has these uh beehives and he um creates honey but he also has refugees come and like learn and there's a the therapeutic side and he also has a community come so it's it's um establishing a relationship between the community and you know someone that's like mm. come here as a refugee so that they can all begin to know each other and support each other and so mm. using kind of like our creative skills to be able to support something like that honestly it's what gives me like life um mm so it's so, it's so special to to be kind of growing mm. that it's not even a year old we are formless and it's like a group of us doing it and um yeah it's like super sort of special and yeah just again like that like okay well I can make a difference and sort of like how can I do it so yeah that's the the two of the the businesses that are sort of happening um that I feel like super passionate about and uh, just excited to yeah to just kind of watch them almost you know like when you create you sort of see how things take on their own sort of like life um mm. and you sort of sometimes have to stand back and just allow that to happen and so that's been them um, 
yeah, a really nice journey. Yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and I want to come to one of your events and see meet some of these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, at the moment, all the events are digital. And it's been just like we hadn't anticipated them being digital, but we had yeah. to make them digital. But talking to um, this incredible guy today that's, you know, set up, oh, my God, this like such special... You know, he's trying to obviously uh, raise money to get a permanent residence mm. for the beehives. But, you know, talking to him and, and, and sort of chatting about when we can meet and come and see the hives, I was just like, oh, yes, like, yeah. I can't wait to like, do in-person <laughs> yeah. things again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're nearly there. So if you were thinking about the, um, the, the most of the London Hat Week followers who, who might be interested in increasing their knowledge about sustainability and trying to make some changes in their their lives where would you point them to, yeah. to get get some more information I mean you know we all know like when you know we're a time poor sort of mm. uh you know society and so first and foremost like before you even start to kind of like look where to find external sources sources of information to like support your business I'd say just kind of like have that moment to just stop and reflect and look mm -hmm. at what you've already got and the chances are you're already doing quite a lot of good practice and so it's almost like looking at what you're already doing that you might be taking for granted you might not even be giving yourself the credit for repurposing things and holding on to things and looking at how you can kind of you know incorporate things that are just in your studio into these products and so these are already incredible practices that I know designers are doing and so there's already like looking to that and, and growing that part of your business so you know kind of almost taking it seriously like what you're doing because it's so easy to underestimate mm. what we're already doing and and think we're not doing enough and there's always the potential to do more absolutely but sometimes like we're doing quite a lot but we just sort of don't really like give ourselves mm. credit for it and I think when you sort of notice what you're doing and you go oh actually that that is like sustainable development and then you can almost begin to grow mm. on that you know like it can it can mm -hmm. almost become such a key part that you didn't even sort of realize was mm. was happening um, in terms of external sources it's actually really difficult because mm. you know like we've got the internet that now have has all the facts and figures and statistics of what's happening in the world and you're just like wow there's so much mm. information and I guess for me one of the key sources or key platforms that I always go back to is a platform called the slow factory mm -hmm. and um it's 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 quite uh it's grown actually a lot now and I think they've launched um sort of like a membership and they do lots of talks there's been many digital talks but prior to that there were lots of global talks um many in London and what's really great about that platform is it's like it's 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 you know the woman that set it up is from fashion so it's obviously got really that kind of like product and production mm. and you know the roots of that but it's such a it's such a rich like educational platform that you can kind of like just dip into it and dip out of it and there's just incredible articles that are, of things that happen around the world that you'd have never known that can inspire you and motivate you and I think it's one of the sort of yeah it's one of the platforms I always come back to to kind of like 
check in with because there's always new sources of, of information there. But it's, yeah, it's communicated in a way that, again, like, there are some of like the hard hitting truths and, you know, the realities and, you know, what's led us to this point. But there's just a lot of like, a lot of like even free courses and mini courses you can kind of like do on there, which I think is, is so unique and so special. Um, it's something we've been, we, we have begun incorporating into We Are Formless is like these kind of almost like free mini guides and courses on wellness, mm. on environmentalism, just things that are super accessible. Um, some of them are free, some of them are pay what you can. And, and just those kind of like sources of information that are like, easy to to process mm. easy to access and just don't feel like you've got to go and study like a whole degree to be you know yeah. to be able to start implementing these practices <laughs> so but but you know there are aspects of like certain trade shows and fabric um shows and stuff now that have a, a way bigger kind of um sustainable development fabrics mm. and sources of information so that's really good to see that happening mm. um so yeah that's great yeah that's that's super helpful Mm. yeah definitely I just feel like I feel really inspired and I feel like you know our listeners are going to be as well that that you can actually get started on this and that it's not something you know on your new year resolutions each year (laughs) that you know you're doing it better and but but it's actually just doing it and and to think that you are already doing it I think that's so true Mm. of many of the designers I know and and um giving yourself credit for those things will be really encouraging um, yeah, to, to growing that. And that's mm. amazing. And then, and then that was the slow factory you mm. said, um, yeah, to look into yeah. That. that sounds like a great resource for, for people to look into. So thanks for that. Yeah. I think we'll, uh, we'll put that on our, um, Instagram so people can find it. Um, but thank, thank you so much, Marina. It's been amazing yeah. talking to you. Really interesting. And I'm sure we could probably go Absolute on for, for days asking you questions <laughs> about this. So we'll have to do that another time. Oh, no, thank you. That was Marina South with us, Becky Weaver and Georgina Abbott of London Hat Week on Morley Radio. To find out more about London Hat Week, visit www.londonhatweek.com or follow at London Hat Week on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for joining us.